Good morning, and welcome to the Sunday service of Free Community Church. Thank you so much for joining us today. And for those of you who are joining us online, or even watching from overseas, a welcome to you as well. So today is a really great day, because restrictions in Singapore are starting to gradually open up. So for the first time in months, we no longer have a restriction on the number of people that can come here. We can have more than 50 people. And for the first time in a long time, we can actually sing with our masks on. But I don't know about you, but one of the things I really miss about being in church is the ability to sing. So I'm really looking forward to today's time of worship. So let's take a moment to greet one another. Uh, if you're here on site, you could turn to your neighbor and give them a wave. Uh, if you're watching online, you could type something into the chat. You know, tell us where you're watching from. Um, say, you know, peace be with you. And our moderators will be online to also respond to you throughout the service. So now, uh, if you're willing and able, please stand and join me in the call to worship. Today is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. Let, Let us be glad this day for life, for breath, and for freedom to worship. Blessed are you who come in the name of the Lord. We come to bring our gifts of praise and gratitude to the God of all creation. God is good, and in God's work we find our strength. We sing of all God's wonderful works. Let us give thanks and praise to the Lord. So now let's join our hearts and voices together in a time of worship. You are my God, you are the truth, as I walk with you daily in my life, you are my hope, you are my strength. You are the reason that I lift my voice to you. You are the God of glory. You are the God Almighty. You are the God of all the earth. You are God of mercy, you are the God of wisdom, you are the one who set me free. As I walk through the valley, I know I'm not alone, for you are with me. God of glory, you 
changed the rivers from lowly seas to where they rise against the rush of grace descending from the source of its supply cause in the highlands and the heartache you're neither more or less inclined i would search and stop at nothing you're just not that hard to find I will praise you on the mountain I will praise you in the mountains and by way You're the summit where my feet are So I will praise you in the valleys all the same No less God within the shadows No less faithful when the night leads me astray Wherever 
the pastures we call grace A mighty river flowing upwards From a deep but empty grave I will praise you on the mountains I will praise you when the mountains in my way you're the summit where my feet are So I will praise you when the valley's all the same No less God within the shadows No less faithful when the night leads me astray You're the heaven where my heart is In the highlands and Good morning, everyone. My name is Mark, um, and I'll be your prayer guide for today. Please take a seat. Um, so uh, last Wednesday uh, was the last session for a three-part series uh, the pastor's been doing for us for our Wednesday prayer session on uh, pray, how to pray. Right? And the last session was actually about um, a very verbal form of active prayer. Um, after actually two weeks of um, centering prayer, of silent prayer, we finally learn how to pray uh, with words, right? And I think one of the things I learned and really gained from the session about prayer was that even if we pray with words, um, the focus should always be on the heart yeah? and how we pray from the heart, right? So um, for today, before we uh, begin with our verbal form of prayer as a church, uh, let's prepare our hearts. Uh, let's close our eyes. And just take a few moments uh, to breathe. Even as your eyes are closed, have a sense of the space around you. Where are you sitting in this room? Who is around you? Take a few moments to see even as your eyes are closed. To the God of many names, thank you for this special day that we can gather as a church. Thank you for this special day 
where we can once again come together, together, and sing praises to your name. We want to praise you and give you thanks for taking care of each one of us through the trials and tribulations, but also in the little mundane day-to-day -day experiences of our lives. Thank you, Lord, for your abiding presence, for calling us as a loving parent does, reaching out to us, ever ready to guide, to instruct, to plead for us to come home. Lord, thank you for teaching us through the study and the reflections on your word, through the counsel that comes through fellowship and community, and for the many, many ups and downs of life that you used to teach us. Thank you, Lord, for your many, many blessings. Lord, forgive us for not always abiding in your presence and not always making choices that please you. Forgive us for hanging on to things that we should be letting go of and for letting go of things we should be hanging on to. Forgive us for not always acknowledging the brokenness of the way things are. Hanging on desperately to what is familiar and failing to give full consent to the guidance of your Spirit in our lives and in this community. Lord, we ask for hearts that have no want, that are truly at peace, ready to listen and ready to do your will in our lives, in this community, FCC, and in the world beyond these four walls of the church. Lord, as we together with the rest of Singapore emerge joyfully from living under the restrictions of the pandemic, help us to open up a space in our hearts, a crack for the light to shine through and for you to enter so that you may do a new thing in our lives. Lord, in the next few moments, as we rest in holy silence, Lord, hear the prayers of our own hearts, spoken and unspoken, but lifted up to you.
Thank you, Lord, for hearing our prayers. May your kingdom come and your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen.
So good morning and welcome to our Sunday service at FCC. Uh, as we enter into a time of uh, sharing of God's Word, I wanted to invite you to join us at menti.com. We've been using menti.com as a way for us to be involved uh, in building up the sermon together. So your insights, your answers, your responses will be really helpful, not just to me, uh, but to all your siblings here on-site and online, uh, because you get to kind of hear uh, what each of you think and what your experiences have been. So if you go into menti.com, you can use the code 55934722. Right? You can use the QR code if you want to scan it or key in the numeral code 55934722. I just give you a moment to kind of get set up because I'd love to hear your responses. Um, and every time, you know, I, I get to hear your responses, I see how much it kind of builds on some of the things that we are talking about. So last week, Myat spoke about how we are the branches of Jesus, the vine. And that's found in John 15. And in that passage, Jesus says, I am the true vine, and my Abba is a vine grower who cuts off every branch in me that doesn't bear fruit, but prunes the fruitful ones to increase their yield. 
or so that they will be even more fruitful. So I want to start this morning by asking you this question. When Jesus said that, what do you think Jesus is pruning us for? What is Jesus pruning us for? Yes, it's to increase the yield, right? To become more fruitful. But more fruitful in what? Increase its yield in what? <laughs> okay, fruitfulness, yes. Ministry, okay. Increase its yield in courage. Wow, that's wonderful. In salvation, to bless others, his future work, fantastic growth, yeah. Many love, all right. Very good. Many different possibilities, right? Our eventual salvation, fruits to do His will. Yeah. What else? Spirituality, agape, which is love, prioritizing mm -hmm, to be better humans, the kingdom on earth, strength, mm -hmm, I love His future work strength is coming up a little bit more. Yeah. To remove fear, Leadership, wow, okay. Yeah. To love ourselves in our walk with God, to be shinier. <laughs> yeah, to shine, right? To allow God's light to shine through us. Love for self and others in God, yeah. Love seems to be coming out quite a bit, right? To be the light and salt. Wonderful, all very wonderful answers, right? So what do you think Jesus is pruning us for? I would say that Jesus is pruning us for love. If you knew you were about to die, what would you tell the people you love? What words of wisdom would you share? Or maybe some last urgent advice that you want to offer to them? Jesus' last instructions were about love. Love one another as I have loved you. In John 13, as he was talking to his disciples and preparing them eventually for him to leave, he says, I give you a new commandment. Love one another. And you are to love one another the way I have loved you. And this is how all will know that you are my disciples, that you truly love one another. Remember at this point of the story, Jesus' crucifixion is just days away. These are some of his final words to his beloved disciples. His most important words that he wanted to convey to them about living a life of true faith. Notice that Jesus doesn't say, believe the right things. And he doesn't say, maintain personal and doctrinal purity. Instead, he says, Love one another. One simple, straightforward commandment summarizing Jesus' deepest desire for his followers, even us, his followers today. Love one another. And you are to love one another the way I have loved you. There are two parts, right, to this commandment. Firstly, love one another. But it's not just that. Jesus tells us the way that he wants us to love. And it is to love one another the way that Jesus has loved us. So Jesus wasn't just talking about love in the abstract sense. 
or love in whatever way the world chooses to define love. Jesus is very clear in specifying the way we are to love. Love the way I have loved you. And what this means is that in order for us to love this way, you need to first experience being loved by Christ. To love in the way that Jesus commands us to is actually not easy because it runs counter to whatever the world teaches us about love. In fact, right after Jesus tells his disciples to love one another, Peter tries to show his love for Jesus by an act of violence. So if you remember, and this is in John 18, right? So after Jesus tells them all his final words, right? Jesus went into the Kidron Valley with his disciples and entered a grove of olive trees. And Judas, well, you know that he's going to betray Jesus. He knew this place very well because Jesus had often gone there with his disciples. And the leading priests and the Pharisees had given Judas a contingent of Roman soldiers and temple guards to accompany him. And so now you imagine that scene with blaze is, is night, is dark, and with blazing torches, lanterns, and weapons, they arrive at the olive grove. Jesus, of course, fully knew and realized what was going to happen to him. So he stepped forward to meet them. He asked, Who are you looking for? Jesus the Nazarene, they said. And Jesus said, I am he. As Jesus said, I am he, they all drew back and fell to the ground. And once more he asked them, who are you looking for? And again they replied, Jesus the Nazarene. I told you that I'm he, Jesus said. And since I'm the one you want, let these others go. And he did this to fulfill his own statement because he said, I did not lose a single one of those you have given me. And then, at that very juncture, Simon Peter drew a sword. He slashed off the right ear of Malchus, the high priest's slave. But Jesus said to Peter, put your sword back into its sheath. Shall I not drink from the cup of suffering the Father has given me? And this is the, in John's account, right? In Luke 22, we see an added dimension to this same story. When Jesus' followers saw what was going to happen, they said, Lord, should we strike with our swords? And one of them, and we know because of John, it's Peter, struck the servant of the high priest, cutting off his right ear. But Jesus answered, no more of this. And he touched the man's ear and healed him. So when you hear this story, what do you think Peter's action was motivated by? Right? Peter was there with Jesus. All these people were coming out right, with swords and weapons and torches. What do you think his action was motivated by? Fear, yeah, wow. False bravado, yes. Loyalty, love. Right? Fear seems to be quite big, right? It seems like a reaction right in that moment. Protection, maybe he felt like he wanted to protect Jesus. Yeah. Love for Jesus, possibly execution. Will Smith. <laughs> Very contemporary, right? 
Self-righteousness, adrenaline, a desire to protect, impulse, so many things, right? In that very moment, as he drew his sword, it could be a combination of all these many things. That sense of fear, loyalty, maybe even a bit of love, channeling Will Smith, or rather Will Smith maybe channeling him, love for whom he protects. It could be adrenaline impulse, false bravado. A combination of many things, right? When we take a step back and we actually look at this incident, you realize one thing. Peter was all ready to exact violence, even kill for Jesus, because I get a feeling that he was actually like trying to slash the person's neck or something, right? And then like somehow missed and then the ear dropped off, right? But interestingly, he wasn't ready to die for Jesus. Remember what happened immediately after this incident? Immediately after this incident, so we read that Jesus was seized by the soldiers. He was led away to the house of the high priest and Peter was following at a distance, trying to find out what's going on. And as Jesus had predicted earlier, when Peter was identified as someone who belonged to Jesus' entourage, what did he do? He vehemently denied even knowing Jesus. No, 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 I don't know this man. Huh? Who are you talking about? I don't know. Three times. He was asked three times, given three opportunities to confirm that he's part of Jesus' gang, part of Jesus' group, team. And he says, no, I don't know him. So let me ask you, some of you said love. Was it love that motivated his action? Or was it ego and false bravado or fear or impulse in that moment? As far as we know, the healing of Malchus's ear was the very last miracle that Jesus performed during his earthly ministry. Isn't it interesting? What does this tell us about Jesus? The very last miracle that he performed was on an enemy, someone who is considered an enemy. This man was part of a group that was antagonistic towards Jesus. They came with knives and swords. But Jesus didn't say, finally, one of you got what you deserve. Only cut the ear. Maybe you should cut more. Instead, he reached out to the man in his need. He touched him and he supernaturally healed him. And it's interesting that the high priest, because this man is a servant of the high priest, the high priest, who is a Sadducee, was actually vehemently opposed to Jesus' supernatural ministry. Yet it was the high priest's own servant who received supernatural healing from Jesus. When you think about it, and you compare, what a contrast Jesus' actions were to Peter's behaviour, right? Perhaps Peter acted out of ego and toxic masculinity, but in contrast, Jesus demonstrated what true love and genuine care really looks like, even to your enemies, to those who are instrumental in capturing him and leading him to the cross. Remember what Jesus said about love? Greater love has no one than this, to lay down one's life for one's friends. Love does not lead us to kill, 
or to exact violence. We can never justify violence with love. True love is being willing to lay down one's life if necessary. Love one another as I have loved you. That's what Jesus is pruning us for. Love. And in order for us to truly be able to love, Jesus needs to prune away the violence. You know, this past week, and some of you actually put it there, Will Smith, people all over the world were making all kinds of comments about the incident where Will Smith slapped Chris Rock during the Academy Awards, right? And don't worry, I'm not here to add to the many comments and opinions about Will Smith's actions. I just want to make a point that beyond Will Smith, we live in a world and culture that not only accepts violence, we glorify it. If you think carefully, all our superhero stories, all the Marvel movies we watch, are filled with violence as a means to justice and peace, no? All the action and everything, right, has to do with violence. Walter Wing says the true religion of America, and indeed of the world, I would add, is violence. Violence is embedded in 75% of the movies we watch. It's ubiquitous, meaning it's everywhere. The premise of most superhero movies is that the only way to rid the world of evil is through violence. You rid the world of evil through violence. In Singapore, children are allowed to watch movies with violent themes, but they're not allowed to watch movies with wholesome LGBTQ families. Isn't that ironical? That's how prevalent violence is in our modern-day culture. Walter Wing said that the myth of redemptive violence is the simplest, laziest, most exciting, uncomplicated, irrational, and primitive depiction of evil the world has ever known. The idea that we can redeem evil through violence is actually the laziest, but also the most exciting and uncomplicated way that we make sense of the world. Love will make you do crazy things. That's what Will Smith said during his Oscars acceptance speech at the ceremony after he stabbed Chris Rock, right? In the past, Will Smith has been open about his deep insecurities, about failing to protect the women in his life, how he grew up in a culture of violence in his neighborhood and family. And we can feel for that. Sometimes when people act out violently, they claim it's in the name of love. But that's what domestic abusers say too. Love must never be equated with violence. There is no excuse for violence, and that's what Jesus was trying to teach Peter and all his followers. Ronald David Lang said, we are effectively destroying ourselves by violence masquerading as love. And so one thing that needs to be pruned from all of us is violence. So I want to pause and ask you, what is violence? What is violence? I mean, we've been talking a lot about it. We know the superhero movies, we see it. Um, we talk about Will Smith, you know, which is a very recent thing. 
But what is violence to you? Violence is scary. Yeah, it is. Hurting others physically. Yeah. Intentional, physical or emotional harm. Thank you for adding that. Mental, physical, spiritual harm inflicted on others by a person or system. Fantastic. What an amazing definition. <laughs> Very comprehensive. I love it. Strength of emotion to hurt, beating, punching, slapping, homicide. Right? Those things come to our mind right? when you think about violence. You think about aggression. Even harsh words. Right? You can do violence with your words. By doing something for someone out of love when it's unwanted, yeah, maybe, right? especially if it harms that person in the end. Boundary violation, yeah. Right? Physical, emotional damage. Redeem fitting for perceived injustice, yes. When we create damage, right, because of injustice, we think we're trying to repair injustice. Disrespect, physical, emotional hurt. Fantastic, imposing power over another person, killing someone both physically and emotionally, not just physical but emotional too, not just active, can be neglect or censorship of feelings, yes. Right? Have you ever had people use silence or cold treatment as a way to shut you out completely? Protection of one's personal insecurities, yes. A lot of it has to do with ourselves, really, right? So many, many things. It's painful. It's true. It's traumatic. And I'm, I'm so glad you are so um, amazing and insightful, right? Because most people would say violence is an act of physical aggression that causes harm, right? That's what people would think first. And that is the most visual one, the physical violence. Will Smith made a public apology a few days ago, and he said violence in all of its forms is poisonous and destructive. He says, my behaviour was unacceptable and inexcusable. And at the end of his apology, he recognised that he is a work in progress. And we are all works in progress. You know, violence, like many of you said, is more than acts of physical aggression. Violence includes all the things that we do and say that causes harm not only to others, but to ourselves. Do you know that we can actually do violence to ourselves? It's something we don't really think about, but it's true. When we say something to someone, for example, that hurts their self-esteem, that destroys them, when you pass around gossip and rumours about another person and hurts them and destroys their ability to trust, when we tell ourselves we are not good enough, we are undeserving of love, all these are acts of violence. I don't know if you all watch Sense8. I actually haven't really watched the series. I've watched one or two episodes. But one of the characters in Sense8 said this that I thought was really meaningful. She said, the real violence, the violence I realized was unforgivable, is the violence that we do to ourselves. When we are too afraid to be who we really are, so you know what? We are all guilty in some way or other. We commit violence to ourselves and to others more often than we realise. So in order to prune us for love, the increase of love, increasing the yield and fruitfulness for love, 
Jesus has to trim and cut away the parts of us that exact violence on ourselves and others. Through our words, our thoughts, our unhelpful beliefs, our actions, and also our inaction. If we don't speak up in moments when we witness violence, we are actually perpetuating violence through our inaction. So let me ask you, with that definition of violence, what are the parts of you that exact or do violence to yourself or to others? In what ways have you exacted violence on yourself or others? And this is meant to be a reflection question, just for us to pause and to think just a little bit. In what ways do you do that? Is it in your speech? In the things that you think? Your criticism of yourself or of others? No way, okay, great. You have been pruned really well. Indifference, yeah? We can use our indifference, right, very powerfully. Perfectionism, when I'm having low self-worth and esteem, unkind words. Apathy, right? Apathy is inaction. It's choosing to be indifferent to suffering, silent treatment, my hurts and brokenness in my thoughts and words, criticism of myself, a lack of empathy, my obsessions, over-functioning, picking my nails, yeah? Not willing to change, uncomfortable to be stuck, sense of inadequacy, negative self-talk, expectations, having expectations of self paired with false humility. Right? How many of us? Right? False humility. And thereby expecting the same minimal standards of others. Yeah. Overthinking that makes myself upset. Hate that makes me murder the mates. Okay? Complacency, trauma, lying to myself, putting myself last sense of inadequacy, staying in abusive relationships, yes. So you might not be abusing someone, but as you are allowing yourself to be abused, and that is doing violence to yourself. Wow. You know, in Japan, there's a special Japanese gardening technique called open-center pruning. And this kind of pruning is responsible not only for the sculptural appeal of the maple tree. So if you've been to Japan in autumn, you'll see a lot of these beautiful uh, maple trees. They're also responsible for the uncluttered space and serenity in a Japanese garden as a whole. When a Japanese gardener prunes open, she cuts away not only the dead branches and the foliage, but also often a number of perfectly healthy branches that detract from the beauty inherent in the tree's essential structure. Pruning open allows the visitor to see up. So if you are in the garden, because it's pruned open, the visitor can see up and out and beyond the trees to the sky, creating a sense of spaciousness and letting light into the garden. It also enables a tree to flourish by removing complicating elements, simplifying its structure, 
revealing its essence. So the process of pruning over basically turns the tree inside out, so to speak, revealing the beautiful design inherent within it. In the same way, God the gardener is pruning us open, cutting away all that hinders us from loving well, from being all that God has made us to be, the essential nature of who we are. God desires for us to live like the Japanese maple tree, our true essence revealed and flourishing, our true self front and centre, secure and thriving, and open in a way that the light comes in, right? That people look up and they see the sky, they see God. God yearns for us to live wholeheartedly, truthfully, as the unique, beautiful, beloved individuals that God has created us to be. But most of all, I think God's deepest desire is for us to know God, to root our whole selves in God, like a tree rooted by a stream, and to know God's deep, abiding love for us. God invites us into intimate relationship so that we may then live more compassionately and intimately with those around us, so that we might love. Henry Nolan says that we are the windows through which others may glimpse God, or the open maple trees through which others may glimpse God, and others are windows through which we might glimpse God. So Jesus says, love as I have loved you. Are we really able to do that? Honestly, doesn't it sound like Jesus is asking for the impossible? I mean, love one another. Okay, you know, maybe barely, you know, we can try doing that. But love one another as I have loved you. I mean, how will we love as Jesus loved? We're not Jesus. Do we have it in us to go the extra mile? or to even risk our lives if necessary. For most of us, including me, we would prefer to be safe, right? Keep our circle small, only people we trust. Choose the people we love based on our own preferences. Mm-hmm. And not on Jesus' all-inclusive commandment, right? And yet, this was Jesus' dying wish, his final wishes, which means that we have a God who first and foremost wants every child to feel loved. Number one, to feel loved. Not shamed, not punished, not judged, not isolated, but loved. That was number one for God. But that's not all, right? Jesus follows his commandment with this amazing and also equally challenging promise. By this, everyone will know This is how all will know that you are my disciples. Meaning that love is the litmus test of Christian witness. If we want to know if someone is Christian, it should show through our love. Our love for each other is how the world will know who we are and whose we belong. To whom do we belong? Our love for each other is how the world will see taste, touch, 
here and find Jesus. I'm not sure how you feel about this statement, but it seems that Jesus is saying that if we fail to love one another, and we have, I think Christians have, and the church has failed in many ways sometimes, that the world won't know what it needs to know about God's love. Right? Have you ever heard people saying, ah, oh, Christians, they're all hypocrites. Eh, I don't want anything to do with that. We are the body of Christ. Christ's living, breathing, healing body on earth. Whether intentionally or not, people are observing. How we love or not love one another speaks volumes about who Jesus is. And yes, there are times we fail. And yes, there will be times when we let God and each other down. But it's okay. We can certainly try and hopefully grow in the way we love. It's a tall order, I know. So what can we do? Where do we even begin? Jesus offers a single straightforward answer to it. And that's what Mark was talking about last week. Abide in my love. Abide in my love. Following on what Mark preached about, Jesus explains the metaphor of the vine and the branches and calls us, invites us once again to abide, to stay, to remain, to rest, to make our home in Christ and His love. I think we often treat Jesus as a role model, and in some ways He is. But if we only treat Jesus as a role model, we will become very disappointed with ourselves, complete despair, right? When we can't live up to His high standards. But Jesus is telling us that the way to love as He has loved us is not through our own sheer willpower, I'm going to love like Jesus did is not through our own strength. It's by abiding in His love. Abiding in His love. Debbie Thomas said, in the, okay, ah, it works. in the vine and branches metaphor, Jesus' love is not our example. It's our source. It's our source. It's where our love originates and deepens, where it replenishes itself. In other words, if we don't abide, we can't love. It's very simple. Jesus' commandment to us is not that we wear ourselves out trying to conjure love from our very own easily depleted resources. Rather, it's that we abide in the holy place where divine love becomes possible that we make our home in Jesus' love, the most abundant and inexhaustible love in existence. As is often the case in our lives as Christians, Jesus' commandment leads us straight to a paradox. We are called to action via rest. Called to become love as we abide in love. In other words, we will become what we attend to, right? We will give away what we take in. If we take in violence, we give out violence. If we take in love, we give out love. 
the commandment, or better yet, the invitation is to drink our fill of the sauce, which is Christ. And let that spill over to bless the world. And then return to the sauce for a fresh infilling. And then we spill over into the world again. This is our movement, our rhythm, our dance, over and over again. This is where we begin and end and begin again. Love for one another as I have loved you. Abide in my love. And then he goes again. We are called to action via rest. Jesus truly is the expert in paradox, right? He speaks in paradox all the time. But there is such wisdom in this. We are called to become love as we abide in love. Action and rest, abiding and love, are not two separate actions. They are one and the same. Right? They are two movements. This impossible commandment is made possible through abiding with Christ. One step at a time, one person at a time. But it's all about love for you, for me, and for the world. So what does this mean for you and me? I believe the call to love is to weep with those who weep, to laugh with those who laugh, to touch what the world deems as untouchables, to feed the hungry, to welcome the children, to release the captives, to forgive those who sin against us, to confront those who oppress, and to comfort the oppressed, to serve one another, to hold each other close, and to tell each other the truth in love. I think the call is to guide each other home. And we don't have to do it alone. In fact, together we are stronger. I've shared with you in the past about the redwoods or the sequoias in California, which are actually the largest trees on the planet. But recently I discovered something very interesting about them. Do you know how these redwoods maintain such heights? They are huge and very, very tall. Sequoia trees have relatively shallow root systems. They only grow two to six meters below the ground. Two to six meters are not very, very deep, you know. For very, very tall trees, how does it even maintain its height? What happens is they grow close to one another so that they can share nutrients and their roots are actually intertwined. They are literally holding each other up. This interconnectedness is what allows them the strength and the stability to grow incredibly tall and to live for thousands of years. Like the redwood, we learn to love one another only when we are in community. We learn how to share our nutrients, how to hold each other up through the good and the difficult times. I'm thankful that we are able to have this hybrid service now due to the pandemic. But for those of you who are able to come to church in person, I'm so glad to see so many of you here today. I want to strongly encourage you to come. Come to reconnect, to rebuild, and to renew your bonds. We cannot carry out Jesus' commandment to love when we are distant and disconnected. Even as things open up in Singapore, 
Miak and I are really looking forward to reconnecting with all of you in deeper ways. So can we learn to love one another as Christ has loved us? Yes. When we learn to abide in Jesus and drink our fill from the source which is Christ. Action and rest, love and abide. I'd like to end my sermon today with a blessing from a Black Rock prayer book. I read it recently, I found it very moving, so I'd like to share it with you in closing. The world now is too dangerous and too beautiful for anything but love. May your eyes be so blessed you see God in everyone. Your ears so you hear the cry of the poor. May your hands be so blessed that everything you touch is a sacrament. Your lips so you speak nothing but the truth with love. May your feet be so blessed you run to those who need you. And may your heart, your heart, be so opened, so set on fire that your love, your love changes everything. And may the blessing of the God who created you, loves you and sustains you be with you now and always. Amen. Let us prepare our hearts and minds for Holy Communion. For those of you who are joining us online, now will be a good time to prepare your own elements so that we may partake together. We gather each Sunday at this table, even though at this time we are all not physically together. The table of God's feast transcends time and space because God's love transcends all boundaries. So this table recognizes no boundaries. Here at FCC, we celebrate an open table. This means you do not have to meet any criteria. You do not have to be a member of FCC. You do not have to be baptized. You only need to recognize that God's grace is sufficient. We are your people, God, called together in your love. We are your children, mother, called around the table of your word. We are your disciples, Lord, called to praise and give you thanks. Together, good and gracious God, God for, for calling us to be your people, for giving us eyes to see, ears to hear, and hands to touch and bless our world. Even as your people, God, we are separated from ourselves, each other, and you, the creator of life. Let us confess our brokenness. As people caught in our tradition, we confess that we have helped perpetuate systems that deny the dignity and sacred worth of all sorts and conditions of persons. We have paid lip service to equality. Our lives are based on discrimination of the other. We have been our own worst enemies. We have failed ourselves, others, and we have failed you, God. Moved by your power, we accuse ourselves because we have not allowed you to form us as a new people. We confess our sin and we pledge to work for reconciliation with one another. We thank you, gracious God, 
for forgiveness and the chance to start again. We thank you, gracious God, for the gift of your Spirit given to us in Jesus, in whom we are freed from the past and its oppression, in whom the gift is complete. Gracious God, you are the mother of creation and the father of all life. We are gathered as your people to thank you for your blessings, to receive your mercy and forgiveness, and to remember how Jesus died for us, accepting death to show his love for us and you. Remember, remember how, how Jesus came, came to us, becoming, becoming one, one of us, born like us, us of, flesh of flesh and blood and bone, a fully human person like us in all things but sin. We remember how, on the night before Jesus died, he gathered with his friends for one last meal. Siblings, Jesus says, I am the bread of life. The person who aligns with me hungers no more, ever. Anyone eating this bread will not die, ever. This is my body, broken for you. Take, eat, remember me. Jesus says, I am divine, you are the branches. When you are joined with me and I with you, the harvest is sure to be abundant. I love you as I have been loved. Abide in my love. This is my blood shed for you. Take, drink, remember me. May I invite the stewards to help distribute the elements? Those of you joining us for the first time, please allow the stewards to hand you the elements and please hold on to them and we will partake of them together.
together. Jesus, you are always present in our midst. You come to us simply, lovingly, humbly, in word and sacrament, in this bread and wine, and in the love we share with one another. Let us eat and drink of this bread and wine, remembering Jesus, his teaching, his life, his suffering, his death, and him rising to new life. May I invite you to stand, if you are willing and able, for the prayer of communion. Gracious and loving God, you have made us one in the body of Christ and nourished us at your table with holy food and drink. Thank, Thank you for feeding our hunger and relieving our thirst. With deep gratitude, we offer you our lives, our love, ourselves, gathered in Jesus by your life-giving Spirit. May we become a new people, wholly pleasing to you, a people giving glory to your name. Amen. Please be seated. So good morning and welcome again to the Sunday service of Free Community Church, where free stands for First Realize Everyone's Equal. FCC is an inclusive church. That means you're welcome here regardless of your sexual orientation, your gender identity, your economic status, or any other labels the world puts on you. So to all of you, who are, um, whether you're joining us for the first time, you're here, a longtime member, or you're joining us at home, welcome home. My name is David and I'm the service leader for today. So for those of you who are new with us, maybe you're here on site, or maybe you're watching our stream for the first time, uh, you can leave your details at, by scanning this QR code or going to fcc.la welcome. And this will um, let our pastors be able to reach out to you, um, find out maybe how we can better serve your needs. Uh, we also have a newcomers meeting at the end of every month. So the next one will be on the 24th of April. Uh, you can sign up at info at Org. And this will be held after the service, both on-site and online as well. Um, and if the servant blessed you today and you're watching our video, please give us a like. So by giving our video a like, it actually helps Google, uh, YouTube's algorithm to recommend it to more people so that our message can spread further. So we've come to the uh, end of the month, so it's time for a financial update on where we are. Uh, so there's good news and bad news. Uh, the good news is the building fund is actually on track and we're slightly over. So thank you very much to everyone for your kind donations. The bad news is that our general fund is still lagging behind, unfortunately. So currently we're 5% behind, which means that it's about $12,500 behind. So if we do the math, we're just finishing the first quarter. So by the end of the year, we're going to be $50,000 behind. So this is not good news. Um, again, we appeal to all our members, to all those who consider FCC their home, 
you know, if FCC means something to you, you feel this is your family, or you really support FCC's work, we, we do fulfill quite a unique role in Singapore. We're the only church that actually is openly affirming to LGBTQ people. Uh, we also stand for progressive theology. This is a kind of church where you can ask any questions you want. Uh, there's no questions that are off limits, you know. So we really take our, our faith in a different way from most churches. And um, in, if you, to enable us to continue this work, we do need your support because we don't get um, financial support from any other sources other than our members. So if you are able to, uh, and if you have any surplus in, you know, as you are paying your bills, please do consider supporting our church. Um, I also ask, if you haven't already set up a recurring donation, and you are a member of this church, I highly encourage you to do so, so that you don't have to take out your phone every week and scan the QR code. You just know that you've already decided in your mind how much you want to set aside to donate a church. Just set it aside as a recurring transfer or a recurring donation, and then you can just let it be for the rest of the year and not have to worry about it. That's what I do personally. However, you know, whatever is comfortable to you, please do that. Um, you can give through two ways, by scanning the QR code. One goes to our general fund, which primarily is paying our staff salaries as well as our utilities. The other goes to our building fund, which is just to pay off the mortgage on this property, which still has quite a few more years to go. You can also give by credit card at freecomchurch.give.asia. And that actually allows you to set up a recurring donation, but they do charge a small platform fee. So that means we don't get all the money. I think they take away 3% or something. So um, please join me and we'll pray for the offering. Dear Lord, we trust in you to provide for our church and for our ministry. And you provide through the willing hearts of your people. So we thank you for all those who have generously donated, who have stretched themselves even to bless this ministry so that your love, your message, can reach more people, so that FCC can continue to be a safe place where all can worship free from discrimination, free from condemnation, and experience your love in this community. So Lord, bless this offering. Help us to use it wisely for the extension of your kingdom. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I now invite the stewards to come forward to take up the offering. So if you're here and you would like to drop some cash in the basket, please raise your hand and the stewards will come to you. So while they're going around, we have a few announcements. The first announcement is that we've now come to um, Holy Week. So Easter is just around the corner and we have a few special services coming up. So uh, Palm Sunday will be on the 10th of April and then Maundy Thursday uh, will be on the 14th of April. So this is a very special service uh, where it will not be broadcast. So if you want to participate in this service, and I believe there will be an experience of foot washing, then you have to come to this, the church over, um, here. And then Good Friday and Easter Sunday will both be hybrid services. So they'll be broadcast as well as here on, on site. And, um, you know, now that the restrictions are, are lifted, are kind of easing up, we don't have any 50% cap on the number of people who can come here. So as Pauline was encouraging, if you've been the, one of those who've been kind of getting used to watching at home, um, I invite you to actually maybe consider coming back to this church because it's a different feeling when you're watching at home versus here surrounded by other people. You can hear them. Now we can actually hear each other sing. 
So I think that's another great part of the experience, and then connect with people who you haven't seen for a while. I think we're all a bit rusty. Uh, the, the singing was quite quiet, so we need to really pump it up. <laughs> Let's sing even louder next week. So uh, yeah, I really invite you to come and join us for these special services that are coming up next week. Okay, so we have another thing, which is another thing we haven't done for a long time is actually fellowship together over food, right? Because we've not been allowed to eat together. But now we can eat together in groups of 10. So on the 24th of April, we are planning to have a, a bento. So you can come here and enjoy a meal. The cost will be $5. Of course, if you are able to donate more, please do so that we can cover our costs. It will be at church, and more details will be given in the following weeks. Uh, you will need to register so that we know how much food to buy. But anyway, this, will, this is just a, a teaser, so that you can prepare for more details next week. Um, we also have an outreach to the T-Mart. So T-Mart is a ministry that our church does to support the transgender community at the T-Shelter. Um, so this is for transgender people who, are, who have um, become homeless, they actually stay at the tea shelter. And the tea mart actually not just supports them, but it also delivers food to some other transgender people, especially elderly folks who need that support. So they usually give us a list of the food that they need from us. And then you can um, donate to that through two ways. You can just uh, do a group buy. That means you are just providing some funds and then we will do the purchase for you. Or you can buy the food yourself and drop it off at FCC on the 17th, the 24th, or the 1st of May. Um, during the service. So the deadline for all the food to arrive is the 1st of May. Um, and then on the 1st of May, we actually need people to help us pack the food and deliver the food as well. So if you go to the next slide, um, you, we need volunteers to come and help on that day as well. So anyway, if you're interested to do any of this, um, the information is there, and you can email info at freecomchurch.org. And then lastly, we are still looking for more board members. So our last board meeting was actually yesterday, and we had a few people who came to observe. So thank you very much to all those who were willing and interested to see how the church runs, what's going on behind the scenes, you know, what actually makes this whole thing happen. Um, and we, we're still inviting, if you're still interested and you haven't yet signed up and you would like to know more about what it's like to be a board member, there are more board meetings coming up. So the next one will be 11th of June. Um, and, you know, some of our board members have been doing this for more than 10 years, and they're actually needing a break. So if this is something God is calling you to do, and say, how can I support the church through helping the operations, the financials, and so on, you can sign up at info at freecomchurch.org. It's only open to FCC members. So what you will do is just come and observe at a board meeting. And now I invite Pastor Myak to give us the benediction. May I invite all of you to rise as you are willing and able to receive the benediction. Jesus says, abide in my love. Love each other as I have loved you. Abide in my love. May we grow deeper and deeper and more connected to the true vine so that we don't keep running back and forth to love and to get refilled, that when we are truly connected with the vine, 
that when we love, that love flows from God through us to the people that we care for, to the world out there, to all of creation, so that we transform this earth into the kingdom that is already here. Abide. Remain. Connect. Stay. May you always remember you are part of this vine. You are loved beyond measure and knowing that love will allow you to love. So go in the name of love to declare justice, peace, and a new world every single day. That we awake to a new world every single moment. Go in the name of God and all that is holy. Amen. Service is now over. Thank you for joining us this Sunday and have a blessed week ahead.